Vasudevasutam devam Tansujanuramardanam Devaki paramarandam Krishnam vannev jagatguram Hi and welcome to Season 2 of Gita Girl. My name is Shirmila and the Gita Girl podcast is about how to live skillfully and be the best version of yourself by using the advice in the Bhagavad Gita. Jai Krishna Shaila. Jai Krishna. Our last episode was incredibly well received. Thank you to everybody who was listening. We received um, great feedback and also some really good questions. And this part two podcast will be another foundational basis of karma. Hopefully both podcasts one and two will give you enough information so that for our next few podcasts, when we do a deeper dive into karma, you'll really um, understand the basic concepts. So last time we defined the term karma and we said the literal translation of karma is action and we also use the word karma to mean the good or bad consequences of our actions then we went on to discuss that our karma goes into one of the following three types of karmic bank account parabdha karma is your present moment consequences where your action and the consequences are immediate and then you don't carry anything forward Agami karma is where you do not get the consequences of your action now, but the karmic consequences go into your agami karma bank account, which is your future consequences that will come to fruition at some point in the time ahead of us. And the last karmic bank account is sanchita, which is all of our past unresolved consequences from this lifetime and past lifetimes and that entire stored bank account of karma is called your sanchita karma and thanks to our listeners who came up with the alliteration of the word stored consequences i actually also like savings to be honest i like your savings right. bank account yeah it's true it's true it is if we're going with the bank account metaphor that's exactly what it is it's all the karma that you're saving yeah so let's go with that but thank you everyone who emailed us yes. and messaged us S words for stored consequences. But we're going with savings. That's perfect. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but keep them coming. Keep it going, guys. Seriously, keep it coming. <laughs> so moving on, there are three ways to create karma. Okay. This is my favorite. Your thoughts, your speech, and your actions, what you do. I remember when we talked about this and we were teaching, this was so revolutionary to me because I think I had always thought that karma was just your actions, actions that people can see. And this idea that it's also the way you speak to other people and even your thoughts, it just really shows how much self-control and practice you have to have to be the kind of person who puts out a lot of positive energy and gets a lot of good karma. Like it's not just your actions. As we all know, as we've been learning since kindergarten, words have the power to hurt people. They also have the power to uplift people. And those words have karmic consequences. And even 
crazier is the idea that your thoughts have karmic consequences. So your negative thoughts and your positive thoughts all have consequences for your karma. If we all think about this, it makes a lot of sense, right? When we have a lot of negative thoughts that certainly impacts our actions, it can impact our speech, um, it impacts our facial expressions, it impacts the way we interact with people even non-verbally and positive thoughts do the same. We all talk about people who have positive and negative energy. You can sort of see what they're giving off. And I feel that some of that has to do with thoughts in their mind, that they are thinking positive thoughts or they're thinking negative thoughts. And you can sort of sense that energy irrelevant of what their actions and their words are. Think about how your negativity not only affects you, of course, um, negativity affects us so much physically and mentally, but it affects not only our actions and our mindset and the way we behave, it affects the people around us. It becomes very difficult to live with someone who's negative and brings you down all the time, right? Absolutely. So it has ripple effects. Our actions have ripple effects on others, on their mindset and on their behavior, which also adds credits or debits to our karmic bank account. In fact, chapter 12 of the Bhagavad Gita, which is widely considered to be the most important chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, half of chapter 12 talks about what it means to have a positive mindset. And that mindset and resulting behaviors creates positive karma. I was teaching a teenage class once, and when I was teaching them this idea that your thoughts have a karmic consequence. The students were all up in arms saying, that's not fair. How can we be held responsible for everything we think? You know, that's not fair. And I said, okay, you are wearing an outfit that you think looks great. And you go to a party. This is pre-2020 when we could go to parties. Um, I said, and you go to a friend's birthday party. And immediately, the mean girls just give you a look. Can you tell what they're thinking? Absolutely. And they, they were like... say a word. They didn't even have to do an action like turning around. You knew exactly what they were thinking, and that had an impact on you. Right. And I said, how did you feel about yourself? Because everyone's had that, right? Whether you're a child, an adult, male, female, whatever, everyone's had that. And they said, well, we felt terrible. I said, so you're telling me that's not karma? You're telling me that you can walk into a room, someone can think anything they want about you, can make you feel terrible about yourself, and that judgment, they get away with it scot-free? And then they were all like, no, 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 the mean girls are not getting away with it. I'm like, so there you go. You know, so many people just make us feel bad because we can sense what they're thinking. And it's often unpleasant. Anybody who's been to an Indian wedding knows this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And the flip side of that is, of course, we have to work on our own resilience, confidence, and being self-assured, regardless of what someone else may or may not be thinking about or how they're judging us. But when somebody is deliberately trying to bring you down. So many people judge other people that they have no business judging. Absolutely. And that has a karmic consequence. Now, I'm not saying if today my friend walks in and I think, I don't really like what she's wearing. And that fleeting thought pops into my head. 
I'm not saying that's a bad karma because, you know, I'll still smile, hug her. But if I'm thinking that and deliberately sending out those vibes, those are two different things. Absolutely. One is meant to be cruel and judgmental and put someone in their, and I'm putting quote marks around this place. And one obviously isn't. After hearing about these different ways that you can create karma, it really teaches you that you have to be so um, conscious about not just your thoughts, but about what other people say to you that impacts your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like if you surround yourself with people who have negative energy or who gossip a lot or say really negative things about people that could potentially impact your your language, the way you talk to other people. Well, of course it will. It normalizes it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But also impacts the way you think about other people. And part of this responsibility is not only being a positive person, but surrounding yourself with people who reflect similar values. And it's hard. All of these things are incredibly challenging. Very much so. But I think awareness is so key. Just being aware that um, you create karma with your negative thoughts, certainly your negative words. We all know the impact of poisonous words. We've all felt it. We've all done it. And of course, actions. But the more you raise your awareness about the impact of this, not only on the other person or the people or the world around you, but also karmically, I think it really helps sort of reposition you into a place where you're trying to better yourself and create more positive exactly that's why we're doing this podcast because the awareness they say 50 percent of the cure is a correct diagnosis right? right so we're diagnosing here what is the problem and only then can we solve it and we've all done this right in our lives because it's hilarious and fun to hang out with a bunch of gossipy people right absolutely unless you're the victim of their gossip it's hilarious there's a reason why we all have the real housewives of city exactly but to understand that wait what is this doing to my psyche what is actually this doing to my brain what is it doing to my thoughts my speech my mom she says there's a sindhi saying jero sang tero rung that means you take on the color of the company you keep Mm. you do and it happens subliminally So true. I always use this analogy with my students that if you are going to sit next to a fireplace, you're going to sit next to a huge roaring fireplace. What's going to happen to you? You'll get hot. Is there any way you can stay like not hot? Absolutely not. Whatever you're next to is going to impact you. Exactly. So I think having awareness that what we think affects our karma. Just to clarify, to have negative thoughts, honestly, is part of being human, but we need to practice letting them go and avoid festering and brooding on negative thoughts. Because if we do, then they become part of our mindset and influence our body language and our speech and our actions. And that then affects the karmic burden we create for ourselves. So we have a lot of work to do to make sure that our karma is good. We have to focus on our thoughts, words, and actions. Whenever I teach this to a class, believe it or not, speech is the one where children and adults are like, I thought it didn't matter what I said. If I behaved a certain way and did certain actions and my actions were objectively and subjectively good, what does it matter what I said? It's so interesting. I've had to also curb, you know, from the one who has the 
most potty mouth in my family and the most money in the swear jar. <laughs> Speech is a is one that surprises people the most because they're like, wow, what I say is even creating karma? Absolutely. I love what you said, Shelley. You can uplift people or bring them down in an instant by what you say. You can't. And I think if we really reflect on it, we all can remember something really hurtful that someone has said to us in the past, probably with extreme clarity. We can remember what they said to us, how we felt in that moment, even if it was 10, 15 years ago, even if we were in middle or high school, we can remember it. And so I think we all know intuitively what the power of words can be, because we can remember hurtful words said to us. But I think on the flip side, you know, we can also remember when someone has praised us, when someone has told us that we're really good at something and said some encouraging, kind words to us that motivated us to, to do something differently or do something better and how helpful that was. And so I think we also know that words can be powerful in a positive way. So I can see how people are surprised that, you know, speech impacts our karma. But I think if we really think about it, we can all think of examples of when words have had the power to hurt and they've had the power to help. It's not just the words, it's also how they said it, right? Right, true. When I think of what people have said to me to hurt me or help me, I can remember their tone of voice. So true. It's also the way we say things. That's so true because sometimes we think we're giving helpful advice, but we say it in a manner that's condescending or maybe even rude or abrupt. And we're surprised by the way people have interpreted. We're like, we're just trying to help you out. Well, no, think about the way it's delivered. And I think we've all been guilty of not delivering it appropriately for whatever reason. And we've all also been on the receiving end of advice that was supposed to be helpful, but was delivered in a way that was hurtful. Right, right. And this now leads me to... The next concept, which is an essential building block to understanding karma. Again, I hope everyone knows that Shayla and I are here to simplify things, not complicate things. There's a term called gunas, G-U-N-A-S. And the term guna refers to your operating system and how you operate actually defines the karma you create. So exactly what we were talking about, what you say is one thing, but how you say it is another, right? Right. Absolutely. So this is part of your gunas, your operating system. Okay. So before everyone starts freaking out. A new Sanskrit word. No, not another new Sanskrit word. Yeah. Well, be ready because within the gunas, there's three more Sanskrit words coming. Okay. So anyway. Gunas, G-U-N-A-S, is your operating system and how you operate. In the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 14, verses 11, 12, and 13, describe the three modes of operation. So basically, there's three ways you can operate. The highest level, the best level, is sattvic. S-A-T-T-V-I-C, sattvically. I'm doing something sattvically. And all of this will be on our social media, right? Yeah. Shelly, you're going to post this absolutely on Instagram and on Facebook. So I love alliterations. I just think they're easier. That's my sort of tool to remember things. To do something sattvically means to do it with purity and calm, 
but I'm going to call it with serenity. I looked in a thesaurus. Came <laughs> prepared okay. with the alliteration. Right. So sattvically means doing something with serenity and with intelligent action, with clarity and intelligence and calm. Let's call it serenity. So Rajsik is the next level. And most of us, at least I do things primarily Rajsikli, I have to say, R-A-J-S-I-C, Rajsikli, with Rajas, okay? And Rajsik action is full of desire and greed and restlessness and discontent and selfishness, and it leads to instability. And everything is sort of like agitated, Rajsik means agitated, attached, and I've looked up some R words. It means rushing, reward-obsessed, resentful. Mm. That's behaving with Rajas or Rajsikli. And Tamsik is the lowest level. And Tamsik, another word, is toxic. That was easy. Tamsik, toxic. So somebody who behaves Tamsikli a person is dominated by tamas. Those characteristics are lazy, ignorant, unintelligent, delusional, dark. Those are tamasic characteristics, okay? And what does this have to do with the karma we create? Let's look at this example first. I think if we put in an example here to clarify everything. Okay, my child gets sick. Okay. Okay, everybody knows the feeling because we're all humans. Of course, we have some experience with... You know, the body getting sick happens. So my child gets sick. How I go about taking care of them, whether I do it sattvically, rajsikli, or tamsikli, the karma I create is going to be dependent on how I behave. The sattvic way for me to take care of them is I'd be concerned, but I wouldn't be anxious. I wouldn't give in to sort of my anxiety and my agitation. I'd be concerned. I call the doctor calmly. The nurse tells me, you know what? We have no appointments left, but why don't you bring them in and wait? So I would bring my kid in with water and, you know, snacks and whatever and calmly wait and get my child seen to, right? What choice do I have? That would be the sattvic way to behave. Now, Raj Sikli, let's talk about the Raj Sikh example. My child gets sick. I call up the doctor and the nurse tells me, we have no appointments. You're going to have to come in and wait. I yell at the nurse. I have a fit. This is not helping my kid because my kid can hear me scream. And my kid is, of course, now getting nervous and anxious. I'm so full of anxiety that I can't think properly. And I forget water and snacks for my child. And I just grab my child and rush out of the door to quickly take my child to the doctor as fast as I possibly can. Then I just yell at the cab driver. You know what I mean? I'm just horrible to be around and not doing my child any favors, but I go and get it done and it's all just an anxious, agitated mess. But I go and get it done. That is Rajsik behavior. And then Thamsik or toxic would be I don't really take my kid at all. Or even after a few days, if my kid is really, really, really sick, I take them. But 
I wait to get the medicine. I blame my child. I smack them around a bit and see whether that'll make them feel better, at least stop them from whining. Generally behave toxically and I don't really care. I do it unintelligently, uncaringly, just because I have to, and I pretty much do a terrible job. And that would be toxically or tamsically doing the same thing. Now, how I behave in those three ways affects my karma. Right. If right. I'm going to keep myself together and act sattvically and serenely with calm and intelligent action, the karma I create will be pure, regardless of how my child fares or not. First of all, the chances that my child are going to get better is higher, right? Because I haven't upset them or right. upset myself. Right. So my performance goes up. And we know the Gita is all about improving our performance and improving the consequences of our actions generally. So my karma I create is pure good. In the Gita, Lord Krishna says in chapter 14, verses 16, 17, and 18, he says that the karmic consequence of sattvic action is pure good. You get good consequences. The fruit of rajasic action is sorrow. The karmic burden you are creating will only give you sorrow. And the fruit of tamasic action is darkness and delusion. He goes on to say in those three verses that those people who live sattvically rise, those who live rajasically remain in the middle, and those who live tamasically sink to the lowest depths. So that's how we create our karma. It's not just what we do, it's how we go about doing it. That's right. The example was the child gets sick. That's unchanging. And the only thing you can control in this situation is your own behavior. And all three examples, sattvic, rajasic, thamsic, they all took their kids to the hospital. There was an action that occurred. But like you're saying, it's the way you go about that action that impacts your karma. So the situation happened. You reacted to it. And how you react is incredibly important. And it falls into one of these three categories of behavior. And then to apply it to what we were talking about earlier, how we speak, right. I love that example because that's more of a general everyday skill building. Right. right. Let's say, for example, that you said something that upset me. And okay. I think this is a great example because all of us, either through our personal relationships, through friendships, through relationships with friends or family or at work, you've definitely encountered a situation where someone has said something negative to you, right? So this is the unchanging situation you find yourself in. Now how are you going to react? So the sattvic way would be, hey, Shayla, you know, you said this to me. I don't want to jump to a conclusion of what you had in your mind in terms of what you were trying to imply, but what you said to me, it, it really hurt me. I just want you to know that so we can move forward and I wanted to clear the air. When you define sattvic in the beginning, you use the word intelligent action, right? It's a thoughtful approach. So 
in this way of reacting to the scenario where somebody said something cruel to you or hurtful to you or unprofessional, whatever the case may be. Instead of flying off the handle, you thought about it, you approached it in a calm way, and you were able to address the situation by explaining how that person's actions made you feel. And now it's up to them to do something. You've done your part. You've right. said exactly how they've made you feel. You've explained the situation. And now what they do is up to them. And that's Correct. their karma at this point. But your reaction was done in a sophic manner. I've done my part. And now how you take it, Shayla, is up to you. That's right. Now, the Raj Sikh way to do it is full of attachment and reward obsessed. So, so I'm attachment. What do you mean by that? Meaning I'm attached to, I want an apology mm, right. and I want an admission. It's not about me telling you how I feel and changing the behavior. It's that I want that apology from you. Right. And I want you to admit that I'm right and you're wrong. That's right. So when I have that kind of attachment in this scenario, you may not be ready to give me an apology. And so if I tell you, hey, Shayla, you did this, you thought this, this is what you said, and you owe me an apology, what's going to happen is now it's not about I need to tell you how I feel or I need to tell you what the results of your action were so we can move forward. It's about I'm now attached to the apology. And you may tell me, Shayla, I don't see it that way. Right. It gives you no space to go back and reflect. Like in the first scenario, Southwickly, you could say to me, Sharmila, you know what? I'm sorry you see it that way. And I'm really sorry my words hurt you, but that was not my intention. Right. But Rajsikli, there's no space for that. I need an apology from you. So if you're not going to give me an apology, we're going to have a fight. That's right. You're not listening to any of their explanations or any of their intentions or anything at that point. You're just focused on what you want out of that conversation. Correct. And the same way when my child is sick, what I want is my child to get better as soon as possible. We all want our child to get well, but it's not about me doing my duty. It's about the end result. And that leads to resentment. That leads to anger. That leads to frustration. That leads to agitation. Mm -hmm. So in this way too, it's not about correcting the behavior. It's about eliciting an apology from you. Right, right. And you don't have control over that. Ultimately, you never have control over someone else's behavior. And so if you're attached to it, then you've set yourself up for, as you said, resentment. Because, you know, it may go your way, but it could very easily not. And so in your anger and resentment and the way you behave in that situation impacts your karma. And I may not even be attached to an apology. I may just be attached to the version that I've made up in my head. Right. Or winning. Winning. Or winning. Right. I am right. You're wrong. In some right. way, I am right and you're wrong. Right. That's Rajsik. And that just leads to just a snowball of mixed karma. And again, there's many, many different ways this could go. And even between Sattvic, Rajsik and Tamsik, there's a whole continuum. There's not like, oh, actions A through F are Sattvic and options G through K are Rajsik and K through Z are Thompson. It doesn't work that. It's a continuum. It's a continuum. And also, I think some of us at work 
may behave in a more sophic way because it's considered more professional to behave that way. And at home, we may behave in a rajasic or thamsic way. I mean, I think that it's also important to know that you yourself can behave in a lot of different ways, sophic, rajasic, or thamsic, depending on the situation, depending on the context. Yeah, at um, different times. At different yeah, times. Exactly. So very few people, I'm going to guess, or sophic all the time, or rhapsic all the time, or thamsic all the time. That's exactly right. And so the thamsic way of dealing with this would be for me, probably trash you to my friends, gossip, maybe write you a hate email anonymously, or indirectly be passive aggressive to you and not deal with it at all. Right, right. Or even be aggressive, overtly aggressive with you, and just not deal with the issue. Just deal with it in the most toxic way possible. And that would be bad karma. So I have a, a little bit of trouble in seeing the difference between rajasic and thamsic. Like I always think of rajasic as, I guess to use another R word, sort of rage, very heated and angry. Like that's your sort of approach versus thamsic, which is more lazy and passive and avoidance focus like you just don't deal with the issue you don't deal with the problem tied to inaction more than you are any kind of action good or bad you just are more passive I guess versus rajasic which is more sort of angry and aggressive and pushy like those kinds of words is that a correct interpretation of the difference between the two it's a continuum again right if I'm gonna get agitated and frustrated that's rajasic if I'm gonna go into rage that's thamsic. I agree with you 100% that the typical interpretation of the gunas is that tamas is more lazy, ignorant, unintelligent, uncaring. But I can't see how rage can be rajas. Rage is a very, very bad thing. And in the Gita, Lord Krishna talks about tamsic actions being completely deluded and unthinking and dark. And a lot of that comes from rage. That's true. So again, I'm not the authority, but yeah, I think that kind of rage and that kind of level of anger, how can it not be toxic? Right. Nothing good comes of that. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. That's an interesting, I mean, I never thought about it it that way, but that's true. This, this concept of rage, it's not just anger. It's really thoughtless and it is unintelligent action in that you haven't sat down and thought about the consequences of your actions. And it's what completely it delusional and unthinking and right. dark. Right. That falls into tamas, right? Right, right. So again, agitation, frustration, resentment, rajsik, when you get into rage where you're completely blinded. Right. I think that's thamsik. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And that is how we create karma, not only by what we do, but how we do it. And it's a continuum based on our operating system. And all of us have combinations of all three, sattvic, rajasic, and tamsic. And we have the ability to behave with different proportions of sattva, rajas, and tamas. Krishna says in the Gita in chapter 14, verse 10, when one dominates the other two get subordinated. So if I am going to practice sattva, it's going to dominate and it's going to suppress my rajasic and tamasic tendencies. If I'm going to practice rajas, agitated, frustrated attachment, it's going to suppress the other two. And if I'm going to practice 
tamas, it's going to suppress sattva and rajas. So we have to try, try, try and act sattvically as much as we can, even in situations where we don't think it matters. You know, we're rude to our spouses all the time. At the drop of a hat, we're kind of rude. Absolutely. And it's horrible, but that's the practice we need. I'm not saying just be nice to your spouse because you need practice (laughs) for the big stuff when it really matters. They would appreciate the practice, I'm sure. (laughs) They would, poor things, they would. Please practice on me, practice on me. (laughs) Practice makes perfect. Krishna Das, who I love, says, practice when you can, you're going to need it when you can't. So if you can't practice sattva in the small things, you're not going to be able to do it for the big stuff. Yeah, when you're frustrated or feel hurt, then you're going to not be able to be in the presence of mind to act sophically if you haven't already practiced that and build up those skills on how to be thoughtful, how to stop for a minute, count to 10, think about what your actions are and your consequences. If you haven't practiced that when it's easy to, when the chips are down, then it's going to be much more challenging. That's what I love about these three categories. And I know they're a continuum. And we've all heard the saying to know better is to do better. And I think that's part of it. Just like I now recognize mm. when I'm behaving in a rajsic or thamsic manner. And and I try to behave more sophically. Like I'm just, it just has increased my awareness. But what's also great about the Gunas is that we've really just touched on them. We've just really given you the definition. But the Gita, all its great glory, as Sharmila and I just talked about, it's this really great self-help book. It also gives you skills on how to do it. It just doesn't tell you what these three categories are, but it tells you like how you can behave more sophically. And we'll be getting into that more in future podcasts. We'll really focus on how. How do I improve my sophic behavior. We'll definitely be talking about it. But I think that's what's so great about these categories is that hopefully you as listeners and Sharmila and I talking about this, we just continue to like recognize our behaviors and, and try to change and say, let me try to engage in this situation in a more sophic manner and really try to build that muscle up. So when things are challenging, that type of behavior will come naturally to me. I love this, Shale. I've never heard this before in my life. To know better is to do better. This is fantastic. <laughs> Health education. We we like to think that if we just tell you what to do, what's good for you, you'll do it. That's not the case. You have to know how to do it too. Yes, for sure. And you have to have the building blocks, which we did it in last season. And we're going to continue, of course, and the Gita is all about that. But I love that. To know better is to do better. It's talking about consciousness. That's right. That if we have the consciousness that, wait, I'm getting resentful I'm getting agitated and frustrated. This is not serving me or anyone else. Who knew that before? I didn't. Absolutely not. I didn't know that before I studied the Gita. I was like an agitated, frustrated mess. Absolutely. We just be who I am. Listen, (laughs) I mean, I live in Rajsik land. I mean, that is where... I'm comfortable. I love it there. That's not true. We like to say this, Shayla, but the truth is that we're doing this podcast as much as for other people, we're doing it for ourselves. Absolutely. Because to know that, wait, I'm in Rajsik land, I need to just push myself up to Sattva. Absolutely. It's just the consciousness, the awareness, it's like flicking a switch. I don't want to make it so simple, but at least I can catch myself more now. The light bulb has definitely gone on for me, I have to say, because most of the time, most of us sort of behave 
thoughtlessly. And I don't mean that we behave in a non-compassionate, unkind way. What I mean is that we just behave the way we've always been behaved. We just don't, there's not a lot of intention behind how we behave because we just don't have the time for it. Or, you know, we're just kind of plodding along doing things as we've always done. But once you sort of learn about these things, and when you learn about the real consequences of your behavior, then you can really start trying to think about how you can do things differently. And that's what's so great about learning about these three operating systems. You know, you can recognize in yourself, how do I tend to behave in these kinds of situations? And how can I start to do better? Which is all we're doing here, right? Is just trying to improve ourselves. Right. Evolving through the Bhagavad Gita. That's, that's what right. Saying. That's the Gita girl theme. Yep. That's the Gita girl theme. That's right. Okay, great. So that is our podcast for today. As always, send us your questions, subscribe on any podcast forum or subscribe everywhere. on our website. And next podcast, we are going to be releasing my conversation with my father. Super interesting. He just turned 90. Wow. And he's a pretty cool dude. My dad is a badass. The other day I asked him a question and he gave me the answer. And I said, dad, are you sure? And he goes to me, you asked me once. I answered you once. Don't make me repeat myself. Oh. And I was like, this guy is badass. <laughs> he's 90 and he's still schooling you. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so that'll be next time. Today we talked about creating karma through our thoughts, our speech, and our actions. And we also learned about the three operating systems, behaving sattvically with serenity and intelligence, rajsikli, rushing, reward-obsessed, agitation, and tamsik, meaning toxically. And we're all really striving to behave as calmly and intelligently as we can. So good luck with that, guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But seriously, jokes aside, we know this is hard work and we are working hard with you. Lord Krishna in the Gita says, progress comes little by little with practice and without frustration. So that's another great piece of advice from him. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to um, getting more of your questions and hearing more of your feedback and incorporating them into future podcasts. Keep tuning in. We will see you next time. Yes, yes. See you next time, and we look forward to interacting soon. Jai Krishna. Jai Krishna. Vasudeva Sutam Devam Tansujanuramardhanam Devaki Paramarandam Krishnam Vandev Jagat Guram Okay, that was great. That was fun.